everybody. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Hope you're doing good. Hope you're having a good day. We are back yeah. for the second uh, Maui edition podcast. Maui edition. I got my and Aloha sweatshirt. She got Aloha sweatshirt. And this is her favorite thing ever. You haven't taken it off since I, I bought it. I haven't taken it off. I know. Bob bought it for me. This is my Christmas present. And I, it was a good, it was a good one. You like it. I tend to do that. Do you do this? I don't think you do. But I, if, when I find something I love, I'm like, now this is all I wear forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then about two years later, I'm like, I guess I should maybe retire it. But I love it so much. I don't. Oh, yeah. No, I do it. You know, I do it. But I don't. I don't know to the extreme <clears throat> that you do. But. Yeah, but yours, I think, is just like a pair of sweatpants that nobody can really tell. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. mine is like the, the Aloha statement. sweatshirt. <laughs> Everybody knows what it is. It's not a, yeah. So let's see. I've worn the the striped sweatshirt. I bet I bet anyone that watches the podcast has seen that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did it with that sweater, the mm -hmm. shawl collar sweater yep. that I got you. I got that you. Well, I wore that every day you. in the winter. It was perfect. You know? I got it for you for as a Christmas present. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this was before Alden was born. You still have it. But I don't it still it looks year, good. But... I know. I I think anyway. I'm going to steal it and wear that. That's going to be my new thing. I'm going to start sweater. So, that's the question of the day. Do you have something that you wear all the time? Or are you like a regular, like, I, I, I mean, wore it once this month. I can't wear it until next What's month. funny is that I really do love the, I love the change. I love coming up with new outfits. I don't like wearing the same outfits twice. Even if I'm like, man, that was a killer outfit. It's really I hard do. for me to wear it twice. Because I would just rather use my creativity. But when it comes to being comfortable and at home, when I find something I like, I'm like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Whereas forever, that's it forever. If you've watched any of the podcast recordings or anything else, you know that I have like three shirts and I well, actually have more than three. You shirts. You have more than three shirts. It's just shirt that you right only here. have three different shirts. And then uh, then you have, have like, like five or six. six, six or seven of this shirt. Um, yeah. And so they're different shirts. They're clean. They're clean. I promise. <laughs> I promise, but you can't smell me anyway. It's a podcast, so it works great. Smell you later. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Anyway, so we are. I can smell you. You smell like, really oh, good. He God. smells really good, actually. That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're in Maui, and um, one of the things that we uh, have done since we've been here, a friend of ours um, a few months back asked us to be on his podcast, mm -hmm. which um, is Brandon Turner. Uh, he has a podcast called The Better Life Podcast. And um, there's a lot of like mission and vision that we share mm -hmm. between his podcast and ours. So um, his audience is not, uh, I wouldn't say 100% Christian, but he's very overt about his beliefs and he's, right. a, he's a strong believer. And the mission behind the whole better life thing is how do we help people earn, maximize their earnings so that we can give tons away yeah i mean it's it, like that resonates so much with it's us. it's it's kind of like how our book is simple money rich life it's i feel like yeah. the better life and the rich life thing is kind of in alignment with each other where yeah. it's not just saying how can you have the most and be the most self-absorbed and please yourself as much as you possibly yeah, it's can not chasing like, it's not chasing yeah a better life it's not chasing wealth you know it's doing what god has uh, called you and equipped you to do mm -hmm. and then the byproduct of that is, is a better life is a better life yeah is more impact in the world and that's right. kind of yeah so anyway um so we were here and shot that 
podcast with him mm-hmm. a few days back, and and it and I think it was a good episode. So check it out when it comes out. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be a we'll month it. or two. We'll let you know about it. But yeah. but anyway, uh, he asked a couple questions on there that um, that had I us didn't. Thinking. They had us thinking that I didn't have a full amount of time to kind of um, process yeah. through while we were live. But one question that he asked was, "All right, what if you lost everything?" And what would you do to kind of start over, like right. knowing what you know now? And so, and we both went. Oh. So anyway, so we gave an answer, <laughs> I mean, but like I spent some more time thinking about it, and I think no, my answer. He said that's a great answer. I don't know if you remember that. I do. That was one of those so moments that I was you like, should share that answer. Maybe we should lead with that. But uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, but I had some more time to think about this and um, kind of break it down a little bit of. What are the beliefs and mindsets, but also what are some of the practical steps we yeah. would take? And so just like painting a really crystal clear picture of what this question is. is like, all mm-hmm. right, Bob, what happens if you lost seed time, it disappeared, whatever, got hacked, stolen, and you can't get it back, um, which is our primary source of income? And then what if, and this is a terrible scenario that uh, I pray does not happen. Um, I mean, and then, this is like Job type scenario, and then they, right? You know, and they hacked our all of our bank accounts and took everything and we don't have anything we don't have anything. Um, no more money and no source of income okay um, do we have our assets this is uh, one thing i was thinking of i don't know uh we'll say we have our house still okay okay so we're painting this picture just to kind of create some sort of scenario of all right what we do in that situation because the more specific we get i feel like the better answer we can give uh and that's what i feel like on the his show we didn't get specific enough to be able to give her a really great answer. Mm-hmm. So that's why how I want to kind of break this down. So with all that, that question out of the way, mm-hmm. uh, let's get into what how we would handle this. Yeah. Do you want to start with your answer? Sure, I can start with wanna... my answer because I do think this is what we would do. Um, you know, and I think it's obviously just a process of it, – it, it's it would be a long process, I think. But I think what we would ultimately do is figure out – what can we learn from what just happened? Yeah. And how can we use what we've learned to help other people? I think that would be our big picture. How are we going to rebuild and move forward? Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. No, and that's kind of been the story of seed time and really just my MO and how I do a lot of things. It's I like experimenting, figuring things out, how to do A, B, or C, or X, Y, or Z, or whatever, and then sharing it with you all. Like, mm-hmm. that's like what I love doing. And that's what almost all of our courses are. That's what our book is. Like, everything is a firsthand experience of we went through this thing, we learned this thing, we experienced this thing, mm-hmm. and this is how we process through it. And this is how we got the result. And this is all this different stuff. Yeah. And so I don't think it's any different, except that we aren't choosing to go down this path. I'm not choosing right. to lose it all. Uh, it just happened to us. And well, so, and that's again, why I kind of think learn? that's exactly what we would do is because I think that that's just what that's what would, would naturally come out. Yeah. Because we would think, man, this can really help people if we figure out how to harness it. Yeah. Because like, I'm, well, because here's the interesting thing. I, we're going a little bit of tangent here, but um, there's so many people who run out and write a book on something, create a course on something or whatever else on this topic because they want to do it and because that sounds fun or whatever, but they don't actually have the authority to to teach on that thing mm-hmm. because they haven't gone through the ropes. They haven't like, and this is, <laughs> there's so many levels of this. Like, I, mean, I remember being in business school, 
taking some business classes from some professors who had never owned a business or run a business. All they had done is read a bunch of business books. Mm -hmm. And it's like the level of authority that is from someone who has run a business for 20 years and gone through the thing versus someone who has read a bunch of books about it is so different. And I'm all for reading books. Like I, I learned so much from that, but that the, the real change happens from, I read this book, I learned this thing, or I took this course, I learned this thing, and then I did it. And I applied it. Yeah. That's where the authority comes from. And so- Well, and if you think about it, the the Bible tells us to be doers of the word, mm-hmm. not just hearers only. And this is why, is because you have absolutely no authority talking about whatever if you're not actually doing the word. Yeah. You can't talk to people about Jesus if you're not actually doing what the Bible says. Yeah. And so this makes sense. It, it applies to everything else. Yeah. So anyway, all I'll say, I think you're right on that. Um, all right. So we'll call that point number one. Point number one. Point number two. Well, and this... and, uh, can I just go in a little bit sure. more? And this is more mindset stuff, but um, I've done really hard things two different ways. One of them is kicking and screaming the whole way and the other way. I was going to do this way and then the other way, but I can't do that. This second way is... Um, Why don't you tell them? Because just, you were flip them off? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. If you couldn't see me, I put up my pointer finger as the one way and I was going to put... That she was going to put up her middle my finger. My middle finger as the second way. Like, anyway, uh, but it, yeah, anyway. Um, I've done it both ways where it's like kicking and screaming or leaning into the grace of God. And Bob's watched me do them both ways. Uh-huh. One of them works better than the other. <laughs> it was one of them actually, is more fun for everybody. It was more fun for everybody, but actually it's one of those things. It was one of those seasons that I almost wish I could go back to. And it was probably the hardest season of my life. And Bob talks about it actually in the book. The uh, rash that I got uh, in pregnancy when I was pregnant and then the few weeks after. And I was so shocked at the grace of God that I had on my life walking through what uh, my my uh, caretakers, my my medical <laughs> professionals, my medical professional caretakers told me I should have been literally going crazy. Like not like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm going crazy, but like actually hallucinating and a lot of other things like that. Yeah. Where they were like, I don't know how you made it through. <laughs> and I I look back at that time and it makes me cry thinking about the intimacy that I had with God in that time where it was, it was really one of the toughest seasons that I've ever been through. Physically challenging, not sleeping, um, you know, and whatever. And I look at this exercise that same way. Yeah. Of like... I don't know what I would do. I hope that I would lean into it and out of desperation be so close with the Lord that I would just get so much good out of it mm-hmm. that I would then be able to go help other people. Yeah, because if so, you go through it kicking and screaming, any hardship, you go through it kicking and screaming, you don't get the good out of it. Yeah. Or it's a lot harder to get the good so out of it. So what you're saying is basically the next point I was going to make mm, is that- okay. Situations like this, it's to our advantage to go through this not as a victim and not as a 
all right, we, our business has been hacked. It's been taken away or mm-hmm. they drained our bank accounts or whatever. Like it is, it's so easy to flip into that mode of I'm a victim, but to view it as an opportunity, mm-hmm. like exactly what you're talking about, because it is an opportunity. It is. It, for something, you know? Well, yeah, again, you look at, let's look at Jesus, the life of Jesus. He's going along, not super easy, but then all of a sudden he hits the point where they beat him and crucify him, right? Like some tough days there. <laughs> There's some. No, I mean that's challenges. that's like it's just like over and over and over again just the the uh turmoil that he's going through that he's walking through. And it says in the Bible for the joy set before him he endured the cross. Yeah. And so he yeah. had in his mind, I know something good is going to come out of this. And we have that assurance too because the Bible tells us that um, oh my gosh, now I'm, I'm blanking on the thing, but. Well, you can come back to that verse, but the verse that I was going to mention was James 1. Which is? Um, in the NLT, and this is verse 1, 2, but it's, or chapter, James, chapter 1, verse 2. So, dear brothers and sisters, <laughs> when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. There you go. You know, and then for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and I've just always been fascinated by that verse. And. There's another one with, um, I guess it was John and Peter or something who got beat or flogged or something. And it said they went away rejoicing mm-hmm. for the like opportunity to have been whatever. Yeah. Um, and and I'm like, what did they know that we don't know today? Yeah. That they went through that and like literally got beat. Like, and I'm thinking about me like going down the street, getting mugged and like walking back, like coming back smiling so big and being Hun, you're not going to believe what just happened. I'm so excited. I just got about, you know, but they were, li- it literally said they were rejoicing. Like what? So anyway, point is they knew something that I think a lot of us don't yeah. know. Well, and, the, and it's the scripture I was going to say that I can't believe I blanked on is that we know that all things, he will cause all things to work oh, together yeah. for the good of those who love him and are called Roman according to his part, right? purpose. Yeah. yeah. So the Bible is telling us that and it's our job to believe it. Right. Yeah. It's our job to like work through our our own feelings enough to believe that the Bible actually means what it says, that it will work out for our good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next on this list is I would approach this um, again with the, the attitude of, all right, how can I start over a better way? You know, so one of, one of the things, one of the obstacles, I don't know where it is here, but uh our our business seed time has been on a wild roller coaster ride of a journey and i don't know like seven eight years ago like we rebranded from christian pf to seed time and in that like we just lost all of our google traffic and which was a primary source of traffic for us on our website mm-hmm. for so long it just all kind of disappeared and and we were trying to figure out how to get it back and all this stuff and i remember like asking this question of like because in my mind I identified our business was the blog and Mm. that was it. So seedtime.com at that point, um, that was our business. And so without that, we don't exist. And I remember like kind of wrestling and thinking through this and God was like stretching how I thought about this and like, well, what if that didn't exist? Does seed time still exist? Like what is seed time? You know? And so even now it's like, is it a podcast? Is it Instagram channel? Is it our courses that we've created? Is it our book? Is it our website? You know, what, what, what makes seed time? What, what is it? And, 
and I'm saying this because, you know, in the YouTube channel or like any number of different things that we've had our hands in and been involved in, but all of those different things require energy and time and maintenance and all these different things. And so there's different ones that we're doing better at any given point. So we're a little bit more involved in Instagram right now than we are on YouTube. And, uh, and anyway, if I were starting over, I wouldn't start with all those things. I would start with one or two things. Mm, mm-hmm. And by doing that and by narrowing our focus, we'd have a much better chance of building faster. And so it's kind of like when you you know live in a house for 50 years and you've accumulated so much stuff. Yeah. It's the same type of thing where then you, you're forced to go move into an apartment. It's like you just have to get rid of everything and really focus yeah. on the most important, most essential things. And so anyway, so... I would try to view it as, <coughs> excuse me, I would try to view it like that as well. Yeah, just focus down. Yeah. Really focus in on the thing. And I mean, you've talked to other people about that a lot, I feel like, who are like, I have all these things that I'm interested in. And this is really a problem for you too, because you are, you like, Bob is the man of a thousand hobbies. Like, I like a lot <laughs> of things, yeah. Likes a lot of different things. You're good at a lot of different things. And I think that's been the the most challenging thing is just because you like a lot of different things doesn't mean you can do it all. You might be able to expand to doing it all, but you need to start yeah. really small yeah, and then and just slowly own. add things in. Yeah. So I would just view that as a big opportunity. All right. Next on our list, we'll call this one number four. Um, we'll call it number four? Is yeah, it? we'll call it point number four. Yeah, because we've adapted them because you messed up my whole sheet here with what I had because you added your number first, but... We'll do this one as number four. Anyway, so we would pray for direction from God on mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do now that we're, we've lost it all and we're starting from scratch. But yeah. as I'm praying, I would not just sit. I would be taking steps. I would be trying things. And I think the main reason here is I see a lot of Christians who are waiting for a green light to come in front of them. And I believe... In my walk with Jesus, that God leads a lot more with red lights than green lights. And so what I mean by that is I think the best thing to do is to start taking steps, trying different things, moving in different directions, and wait for the Lord to shine a red light and say, no, this isn't it. You know, and I think about that, like, that's how I parent my four-year-old. It's like, go in the backyard and play. Like, I don't care. Like, go wherever you want. But if I see him, whatever, starting to climb the barbed wire fence or something, like, no, don't climb that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not giving them instructions on every single square inch of the backyard. Yes, you can go there. Yes, you can go there. Yes, you can go. There. Yes, you, right. Like, I'm leaving it open ended. Go in the backyard, anywhere in the backyard you want. But if I see you walking in a direction I don't want you to, or I think it's not safe or mm-hmm. whatever, then I will give them a red light right. to not do it. And I, I feel like my walk with Jesus has been very much led like that. So mm-hmm. that really resonates with me. Um, and by contrast, we've seen people uh, in our own lives who be, seem to be paralyzed and not moving forward because they won't try anything because they're waiting for God to, um, I don't know, Moses to come down from a mountain with this with a tablet and say, <laughs> here's what exactly what you should do. And I feel like God's wanting us to take steps, trusting yeah. that he's going to communicate if we're going in the wrong <clears throat> way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if we're submitting it to him, he will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the only way through that is if you just bulldoze through it. And I mean, we've both done that enough times. And I think that's why people get scared is you bulldoze through something. But the other thing is just because there's opposition or just because there's uh, things don't go as you had planned doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah. It might just mean that there's just, it often does. you just have to work through it. <laughs> 
And, you know, that that's the thing that I think you're really good at. This is one of the things that I struggle a little bit more with is is just working through really difficult things. It just comes with practice, you know? Yeah. And I think I am, you know, I've had to do this in motherhood. I think that's where my strongest, you know, <laughs> spot of that is. Just because you literally have no choice. But... Man, when We're it comes like, to technology, I'm like, I give up. <laughs> We're almost 10 years into parenting, and I'm still like, oh, why didn't anyone tell us how hard it is? Oh, my gosh. Why didn't we know how hard it is? But um, Yeah. It really is. Yeah, anyway. it is. It's hard. <laughs> Any parents out there uh, know what we're talking about? They all know what we're talking all about. about. They anyway. all know what we're talking about. All right, about. let's get to point number five, okay? And the, we're starting to get some really practical here, but... Um, if you read our book, Simple Money, Rich Life, in chapter six, we go through an exercise uh, where we um, walk you through creating a survival budget, okay? Oh, yeah. And this is, would absolutely be essential. This would be one of the first practical things that we would do. We have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't lost everything before, but we've seen massive drops. We've watched, um, you know, I got laid off, you know? Right. So that was a reduction of our income by probably 60-something percent. We've yeah. watched our income in the business in certain phases drop by... 80, 90 percent. Like it's just we've seen some massive swings. And so uh, this would be one of the first exercises. And if you're not familiar, the gist of it is it's not a normal budget where you're trying to break things out, but it's a what is the absolute bare minimum that we need to survive for a temporary amount of time. And it's really important that you have that frame in your mind of this is for three months, six months, 12 months or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there has to be an end date on it. Otherwise, it gets really depressing really fast. Right. So the point is, is that, all right, so we are no longer eating out. We're not going out to right. eat. We're not calling Uber Eats. We're going to we sell one of our cars if we need to. Yeah. We're cooking everything at home. We're, um, and it's going to be peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. So the point is, is like, and cheese, it's you know. a short, limited time of ramen. And, and honestly, and the main reason we have this exercise in the book isn't so that you ever act, actually have to do it, but it's more informative. Like, because it was very powerful for me once I discovered um on this survival it's like we can survive you know at that point as a couple on like twenty five hundred dollars a month or something like that right like we can pay our rent we can keep our lights on we Mm -hmm. can have a car to get where we need to go or whatever and it was that amount of money and that is empowering when you're facing a challenge or where you realize okay that's all i have to do and it's like i can probably go over to starbucks and get a job and be able to cover that if we need to or whatever and so it's empowering because you begin seeing okay that's the minimum. And then, of course, we want to get above that. But what what do I need to do to survive? You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it, it eliminates the ambiguity of the fear of, I don't know if I'm going to have enough. I don't know how it's all going to yeah. work out. Like You just get concrete and crystal clear about mm-hmm. what is this worst case scenario-ish you know, that yeah. we're going to go through. Well, and I, I mean, I wrote this in the book, but it it, I think it's worth repeating now, which is that if you're doing this right, it should bring relief, not panic. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's only to be like, okay, that that's all we actually need. And we're not going to have, we're not going to get kicked out of our apartment. Cause to me, that would be like the fear is that I would get evicted. Yeah. And then I'd be like, where the heck am I going to go now? And how are you yeah. going to find the money to go somewhere else? You know? So to me, that was the thing in my head that was playing like, Oh, okay. We only need this, and then we will not, you know, get kicked out of our apartment at the time or house or whatever. Yeah. And that is super helpful. Yeah. 
because even though you're company. like, I can't have, you know, I might not be able to have all the things that I want. You can work through some of that if you have the security of knowing that you're not going to get. Or this was for me. I should speak for myself. If I had the security of knowing that we weren't going to get kicked out, I felt like, OK, I can work through the hardship of not getting to go out to eat or, you know, buy clothes or, you know, whatever the thing is, or even just yeah. eat good food. I, if I'm just eating basic food and I'm sick of it, I can work through that as long as I feel like I'm secure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, um, and so we'd be asking some questions like, um, some hard questions as well. Like, all right, is it time you need to go to get a job? Right. You know, um, we would consider selling the house, especially again, oh, going sure. back to a specific scenario of us owning the house. Mm -hmm. We sell a car. We have two cars. We could buy with one. Yeah. Uh, and what else could we sell? I think we would look in our house and be like, what could we sell? Yeah. No. And I wouldn't be, because um, people always ask me like, well, should I take money out of my 401k? And it's like, like this is where uh, a lot of financial experts, I, I think, get so stuck in the the problem with a lot of financial experts is they view every uh, their hammer and they view everything as a nail. And so they view every decision as a financial decision. And that's just not, I don't think that's the right way to view life mm -hmm. is that everything is a financial decision. Yeah, I agree. It's like your kid, whatever, is having an emergency. You need to go to the ER. Like that's not when that's you- That's not a financial decision. That's, well, that's not when you do price shopping on ERs. Which one's going to be the cheapest? It's like, that's no, that's not- You just get to the closest like, one. You, you figure it out later. And, yeah. and again, I'm not saying that to be frivolous or, um, or um, I don't know. Careless. Careless, yeah. Uh, but more as a just kind of giving some balance to this. But but anyway, point is we'd be we'd be asking some of those tough questions. Mm -hmm. um, and sure. 401k would be one of them. Like things got rough enough. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to pull some out. And of course, that's not good for the long term. But again, if this is a short term thing and I have confidence that we're going to be able to build back and build out of this – then I wouldn't be afraid to tap into the 401k a little bit if we mm -hmm. needed to. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Next on this list, um, multiple days, multiple times a day, I would be reminding myself what God says about our financial situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we yeah. did this at the beginning when we were a complete mess. We've done this many times over the years, but we would just consistently speak the word of God over our financial situation, pray what the Bible says about our financial situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and if you don't have it, go to seedtime.com slash prayer. And we have a free PDF with prayer starters and a bunch of financial verses that we have prayed for years and years and years. This is a great thing to have on your fridge to just, um, regardless of where you are, mm -hmm. like to move forward financially. Well, and and yeah. like if you're married, like this will get you on the same page. Yeah. It will Praying really together unify about you. about your finances is so powerful. Yeah, and I mean, there's you've got some statistic about the divorce rate among couples that pray together, which is just basically it's super duper low. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. if you're really if you really want your marriage to stay strong, this is a great thing to do, and I think it's just so unifying. Yeah, it's necessary. Yep. So uh, next one, just kind of getting really specific here, answering this a little bit, like in terms of building back our business, I think I would probably start on Instagram. And, and I've watched multiple people do this uh, and just start sharing uh, whatever I could to be of help and to value of to whoever is listening. And then you slowly begin building an audience. And then from there, I would go deeper. I would create courses. Like if we lost all of our courses and start them over again, I would create courses and do that. Um, and the other thing I would do is probably write short uh, Kindle books. 
Um, yeah. So that combination of things are kind of where I would go based on current opportunities and trends to um, uh, to do that. Yeah, and there's one book. Um, I'll try to find this and put this in the description that I would follow um, for actually writing the books. Uh, it's Write Useful Books. That's what it's called. I read this book and it's phenomenal. It's like it, if I ever write a book again, I'm going to follow this as a formula. It's so good. It's called Write Useful Books. And the guy basically lays out a formula for how to write a book that Wait, this is does a great. book or a website? It's a book. Okay. It's Where do you get it? It's called Write Useful Books on Amazon, I'm sure. Okay. So it's a published um, book or like an ebook? It's a book. It's on Amazon. It's a book. Yeah. I just said, is it published or an ebook? Well, and you said, it's a book. They're both published. Like, do you mean paperback? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, yes. It's either paperback, okay, ebook, okay, okay. whatever. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, it's just really, really good. If I were writing a book, right, that's what books. I would follow as my template. Okay. So, anyway, that's specific in the weeds. Let's get to the last one here, which I don't even know what number one, probably seven or something. Let's say that. Oh, yeah. I would say seven. And this would be. Uh, I would be doing everything I could to to be trying to enjoy the ride, knowing that God is my provider mm-hmm. and knowing that we're going to get through this, uh, knowing that um, when we look at our life over an 80-year, 100-year period, however long we live, that this is just going to be a little blip. It's going to be a little hill. It's not going to be the defining thing of our lives. Now, it might impact us in a significant way, yeah. but... At the end of the day, like we're not going to look at our lives and be like, uh, I don't know, like that was the thing. And it's possible. I just doubt it that that was the thing. Our entire life was ruined after that or whatever. Like, yeah, I just view it as, okay, yeah, we're just so much better when we view it as we're on a journey with God. He's going to see us through. He's promised he's going to see us through. It's a hiccup along the way rather than the um, huge mountain of thing that it feels like in this particular moment. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think it has the potential to change your life for the positive. Yeah, absolutely. But I think in, and I think it's, it's possible that it has, it, it can change your life for the negative if you let it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it is. It's like, how are, how are you viewing this? Are you going the to let it of, destroy you or are you going to let it rebuild you? Yeah. And part of how we do that is by in mm-hmm. attempting as best as possible to enjoy the ride through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And making the most of it mm-hmm. and still having fun and still smiling with the kids. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah. all that to say, I don't want to go through this situation, but uh, that's our more elaborate answer to this question of what we would do if we were starting over answer. right now and had lost everything. Yeah. There you go. Oh, good. So anyway, so hopefully you find this helpful. If you know anybody who is in any sort of situation where it's like they could use this, send this their way. Yeah. You know, um, and again, hopefully Hope. this is received in the spirit with which, um, you know, we're intending it. It isn't to make light of anyone's situation. Be like, right. Oh, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, just smile the whole time. Like, that's not what we're saying. No, but I but, think when you're outside of a situation, you can see how you would like to handle it. Yeah. And even the even like this is also just big picture. Like obviously, when if you're actually walking through the situation, there's a lot of other other things that are happening in the midst of the big picture. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like the daily like freakouts and the daily <laughs> the daily like how are we going to do this? What do we do? How do we make this decision? You know, type of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it. So anyway. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. It'd be an amazing Christmas gift to us. We would appreciate it. Or I guess you're probably hearing this after Christmas, unless you're 
on it's with us New live Year's right gift. now. With thank you for being with us live. And we are recording these live every day or Thursday at one p.m. Central. Not every day, every Thursday. Every Thursday mm-hmm. at one p.m. Central. So, um, yeah. thank you to all hanging out with us now. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. All right. Adios. All right. We want to know if you've heard about our flagship class called True Financial Freedom. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's more than just a money class. Mm -hmm. It's really about fulfilling your God-given purpose, breaking free from hidden money beliefs and making a lasting impact. Yeah. And we've gotten feedback from students and they've said things like, it is the first class I've taken where at the end of each session, I felt equipped and not burdened. Yeah. And it's less theory and more realistic action steps and guidance. We've also heard it felt like a conversation with friends, which is awesome. Yeah, and it encouraged me in ways I didn't think I would ever experience. This class is on demand, and it's designed for churches and small groups as well as individuals. And you can get all the details at seedtime.com slash TFF.